Get Lindenapolis Center, do you have any test operation to restricted area 2508? Area 31, roger. Traffic is quite luminous and is exhibiting some non-ballistic motion, over. Roger, Aries 31. Continue to send at your discretion, over. Okay, Center. The traffic is approaching head-on, ultra-bright, and really moving. They're right by us, right now. There are a thousand UFO sightings reported around the world every month. 90% of these sightings can be explained, but 10% cannot. Officially and unofficially, the U.S. military has been investigating UFOs since 1947. Their top secret goal is to find out what's behind these unexplained sightings. The Pentagon classifies them as unusual airborne anomalies, but a better term is X-Files. Join us now as Mac Wanwan and Commander Cobra explore these unsolved cases, UFO incidents that baffle even the U.S. military. This is Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. And now, here's Mac Maloney. Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. What a show we have for you tonight. As you can hear, the ice cubes tingling in the background there. Um, the whole gang is here. And uh, as I said, we have quite a show for you tonight. Uh, a lot of un unexpected things, which means unscripted. But first, let's introduce the members of the posse. Girls, get ready. Get your mister, your fan, your big box of Kleenex, and your extra big pack of wipes because the very famous Juan Juan is here. Hello, Mac. How's it going? Hello, girls. Hello, everybody out there in Radio Land. As they didn't they used to say that in the fifties. Welcome to the show. I wasn't. And, uh, I'm glad to be here. As you know, I live for this. So I wasn't. And the right. ice cubes you heard was uh, from my mm -hmm. my glass. I'm sorry about that. Water. What are you drinking? What are you drinking? Spring water. Um, Irishman. Oh, really? Okay. Irishman. That's what they call spring water in <laughs> Ireland. Look. Uh, yeah. Speaking of drinking. What else can I say up there in the great state of Maine? And his compound, formerly a bunker, now a compound for tax reasons. They know him as Coco on the street. We know him as Commander Cobra. CC, how you doing there? CC. Good evening, Mac. As always, a distinct privilege and pleasure to join the formation, the great array of our aerial flying circus each year. Uh, week that i'm able to make the uh, formation thank wow. you very much huh i like that flying circus reference flying circus yeah okay um okay everything okay with you commander should i ask well i'm very pleased to say that i had an inquiry about the distant thunder radio network on a separate email channel that came really? to me and i was happy to say very much alive and uh -huh. Connect up with the Macaloni Military X Files page. They want to buy it. A lot of excitement out there in the world. Okay. All right. Uh, someone wanted to buy. If the they want No, no. Someone no. was curious what the, if the network was still active. And what oh. was going on? <laughs> That's so not a good call to get there, dude. You're still alive. Why is that not a good call? Well, because they if no if, no if the. If the that with the uh, changes that I've made to my uh, social engagement, oh. this is what led to this uh, question. And, and uh, I so I was more than happy to say, oh, no, things are still uh, firing in all cylinders in hmm. the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Wow. His social engagement is what he's calling it now. All right. I know, good. which are many. <laughs> well, my social yeah. engagements usually involve third world countries, firearms, hmm. and high-speed aircraft. Right. That's exactly. Words matter. That's it. Right. 
That's what he does to relax. When he gets excited, he really engages. Speaking of high-speed <laughs> chases, chases up there in Battle Creek, Michigan, our national correspondent, the Bowl of Flakes, Switchblade Steve Ward. Switchy, how you doing? Great to be here. And how are you doing? Good to I'm see you. I'm doing beyond out. wonderful. Beyond wonderful, the name of the bio. What's the, uh, what's, oh, yeah. is that the, I was, I was wondering if that's Bigfoot or something behind you, but that's your neighbor's dog, right? Yep. That's uh, that's on the, the neighbor's dog, Mulligan. 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 Yeah. He's my buddy. He always looks hungry. Oh, I thought that was your dog. No, no. He's dog sitting. I, I'm his, sort of his uncle. Oh, really? Who is his real owner? But we spend, we spend quality time together. Oh, boy. The real owner is going, yeah, okay, good. He takes care of them. Okay, moving on. Well, I tell you what, when, when I post his picture on Facebook, the ladies really love him. Oh, really? Yeah. He is cute. Wow. Oh, and some of the men, too, as they say. Look. If, I, if I was looking for day? chicks, I'd say, yeah, he's my dog. <laughs> You're looking for chicks. You but, know, but I'm not. I'm, everything's good. Speaking, so you don't get it, Mac. you got to have a cool dog. It, it is a chick magnet kind of appendage. If you will, well, <laughs> it's it's I, a device. It's it's not. It's more than a pet. I'm glad. I see a lady here shaking her head. Yes. I was going to say, I'm Great. glad to say, I don't need a chick magnet because. I got <laughs> Joining us tonight, probably you know, she wishing she wasn't here, but she is. Very famous, <laughs> Lois Lane. Lois, how are you doing tonight, Lois? I'm great. Thank you for having me, and I'm glad to be here. Really? Yeah. Everything Good to see you, Lois. Good to see everybody. Yes. Okay. Let me Excellent. introduce the rest of the crew, Good and then we'll come back and talk to you. Okay. Sure. Where were your sunglasses? What didn't you get the memo? Apparently, nobody told me about that. Uh -uh. Whoever's responsible should be fired. <laughs> okay. Two more special guests. Okay. Uh, first of all, our good friend, very very. Famous author, Mark Zapula. Hey, Mark, how you doing? MZ, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thank okay, you again this. for having me on. We I will. Fantastic. And great to see everyone, by the way. Same here, Mark. I'll tell you, he's, he's a fellow author, but, man, he throws book parties. Like, I just want you to write a book just so you can throw another party. I'm on it. I'm on it. Okay, good. In the, in the spirit of having fun and celebrating, okay. I write a book. Super I can I be on the list? I would second that because he knows he knows his way around Italian food. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh and yeah. Those are, that's part of the party. Down the north end right? of Washington. Maybe oh, Mark could throw the party up at the compound, and we could really. Oh man! Yeah, we wouldn't make it out out of exactly. that. No restrictions. Up there. Let me introduce our like our extra special guest. And look at he's a cop. So watch what you say and do. Our super fan, Jocko Johnson, is joining us from South Carolina, NYPD veteran cop. Let's give him a hand. Jocko, how you doing? This is only about two and a half, two and a half years. You can say whatever you want. What's he saying? I can't understand. Say it again. Do you miss it? I said retired, so you guys can you know do it, say whatever you want. Oh, you're retired. Oh, that's how you never retire from the NYPD blue. It's like you never leave the Justice League. You're right. Now, you were there, you were in, um, right. it, we've been talking about getting you on the air at least two years, right, would you say? Did we start talking about this about two like, years ago? Yeah. My, my injuries have uh, led, uh, led, you know, some time down on my uh, body, so. Mm -hmm. When were you in, uh, when were you were, when were you on the job in New York City? 
What years? Uh, in the early 80s. Um, cool. 81, I guess. I uh, started 80, in the 81 to 91, 1991, and I retired uh, with a... They, they retired me with the line of duty injury. So I, mm -hmm. you know, I, I probably had about 15 surgeries since then. I, wow. yeah. I lost count. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. call procedures to today. Surgeries. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. 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 So that's another 15, 20. I keep, I keep all the little hospital bands on a refrigerator. That's <laughs> a little hospital. That's funny. Uh, so anyway, well, listen, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. We're glad that we're able Thank to you. do it finally. And um, so now I just want to first I'm going to go to Switchy and then we'll come back to to Lois because this is the part of the show everyone wants to hear but they want to hear it at towards the beginning of the show as it turns out Switchy so um, America the world wants to know what did you have for breakfast? What I had for breakfast this morning was uh, some hot black coffee. Go ahead and two. Two brand name, not some not some generic knockoff, yes. not something you know made in uh, some faraway country somewhere. Go ahead, but but these might be anyway. Uh, pop tarts, blueberry <laughs> pop tarts with <laughs> frosting. Oh, with the with frosting. frosting, yes, yep, yes, fresh out of the toaster. Nice. In some circles, that's called the full Monty right there. Yeah, right, pop yeah, right. pop tarts with frosting uh, right yep. there. The full in, in my circle, I don't use the, the term full Monty all that much. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, obviously, uh, we're not traveling in the same circles, <laughs> <laughs> which could be a relief for either one of us, sir. Right. Okay. Wow. I, I, uh, quick question there, uh, Switch. Yes. Are you changing up the dietary schedule plan when you know that the show's approaching? We've already well, had that I, discussion. I try to. Uh, it's not that. Uh, it's not that I, I have a lot of fiber in the morning, or you know, uh, you know uh, what is. Well, you can always like, eat the container that the pop tarts came in. Excellent source of fiber. You never know. I uh, it's it's actually uh, it doesn't have much taste to it, uh, but uh, yeah, a pop tart on the cardboard. Well but uh, I, I do kind of uh, remember that it is it is a it is Mac Maloney Day, oh. and it might be nice to do something that's not uh, Mac Maloney uh, terribly mundane like uh, like like past breakfast I've had that that Mac just groans at like a food bar or, oh, or yeah, yogurt unacceptable you know, no something no. like that so I try to avoid that yeah anyway. that's yeah, right the whole so the days that you do intentionally and do something healthy like the yogurt or uh, the fruit uh, cocktail uh, type thing there. You're doing that because you want to incite some anger with uh, Mac. Is that wow. is that what I'm understanding? Holy cow. Well, there have been there have been a couple of times when I thought, well, you know what, I just might have a food bar today, just to, just to you know, just to screw it, Mac. Uh, okay, yeah, all right, just Switchy. to get them going a little bit. All right, excellent. Okay, we'll note that on your evaluation. Thank you, Switch. So anyway, Cobra um, stirring up the controversy. <laughs> well, of course he is. Um, so listen, while you're here, while everyone is controversy here, is his middle name, um, and and Mark and I, his cauldron I, of controversy. That's what it is. I'm sorry, Dory. I'm sorry. Uh, I am just rolled up in a ball with my little fork tongue testing the air. That's all. I'm yeah, doing. with his eye uh, bottle Irishman with him. The, the pinch of newt. Mac and uh, I mean uh, uh, Mark Zapuler and I. We have a, a special announcement we're going to make at the end of this segment. But while we're all here. We have some um, fan letters, and um, Jocko has the list, and we're just going to very quickly write, uh, run down the top ten complaints about the show. We figure, well, who else better to read off the list than Jocko? You got it there, Jocko? 
I got it, Mac. Okay. All right. Let's let's right, try this, ready? baby. You want to hear it right now? Why don't we start the music? I, I just want to note that that, yes. that Jocko, he, he's yes, setting sir. this up like I feel like I'm in a room that I've seen on Law and Order. Okay. You know, well, the door is well, closed, well, and he and he looks at me and he says, "Boom, boom." Are you ready? Yeah. yeah. And then picks and, up the pencil and starts. You know, go ahead. Here we go. What we do is uh, after a few questions, I'll sit there and I'll tell you. You wait here. I'm going to go get a cup of coffee. And when I come back, maybe I'll have another story. Because I don't believe in this one. Uh Top 10 complaints about the show in recent months. Okay, Draco, please. Number 10. Number 10. Dear Mac, I hate the constant ragging on Switch's toupee. Oh, see. <laughs> Not the bad. I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> really? Did you? Well, he had it that, on backwards last week. correct. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Number nine, please, Jocko. Complaint uh, about the to show. To the producers of the Mac Maloney Show. I was recently sent an email offering a free autographed picture of Raven. Any pose but only if I agreed to buy five pictures of one one again, any pose. The email was sent by Chocolate Martini Enterprises, LLC. Is this legitimate or is it a scam? Both. It's a legitimate scam. Yeah, right. Yeah, both. That's a safe way to cover that. <laughs> I want that person's email address. Any poses. Okay, next please, Jocko. Complaints about Number the show eight. lately. Dear Mac. I have a complaint. I'm sick of one one constant chatter about my girlfriend, British actress Lily James. Lily and I are in love. We are getting married. I know this because she sends me secret signals in every one of her movies. So back off, amigo. Lily okay. is mine. Okay. All I right. know where you live. P.S. Sometimes I camouflage myself and hide amongst your wild turkeys. <laughs> you better keep an eye out there, won't you? I just shoot them all. See what happens. See which one runs funniest. Okay, next. Uh, number seven. Yep. DMX. Yes. Uh, too much talking about f***ing cats. Oh, whoa. <laughs> 1850. Okay, I agree with that one. Okay, next one, please, Jock. I hate it. When Mac won't let JJ tell his story about when he was a roadie for the Rolling Stones. Oh, that's I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, what's up with that, Mac? Every, every right. I'm sorry. You know I didn't let you tell it last show, but before that, we've got a you know, clean record. Do you want to tell yeah, the story tell me, now? Tell me a tell me a life story in two minutes. Did you? That's how it works. Did you lick Keith's? Uh, Keith Richards' guitar or not? Did you lick it or not? No, I did not lick it. No, I just said no. But you I, just I told you I didn't. I didn't wash my hands for. You know, oh, that's a week. it. Okay, well, that's worse. Yeah. Okay. All right, that's all you need to know, there, fan. All right, next that's one, it. please, Jocko. Okay, dear. Here's the next number five, dear producers. We were promised regular updates on Coco's gelding, Ricky, with an I, by the way, but lately Coco has been all pig centric. What's pig the dealio? What's the dealio, Coco? Oh, the dealio is that uh, Zeppelin, the uh, the new baby boar pig that uh, arrived, uh, is the uh, is the attention getter right now. Mm. And uh, Bear, the uh, super dog, our best chums, running around. In fact, in the background, luckily you can't hear. Mm. They are engaging in some kind of uh, commando exercise on the first floor. Uh, <laughs> if I leave, okay. I'll have to get on there and investigate. <laughs> okay. 
All right. And and how's the gelding doing? So he's so that the, the hustle Teddy, no testicles. Uh, Teddy had an exceptionally good day today. Uh, Why I was uh, working from home mm-hmm. on a conference call, I heard a very large thud that I should not have heard. Yes. And uh, excuse myself, uh, went down to the barn. And uh, speaking of commando exercises, he had somehow broke through two gates. Yes. And was happily munching in uh, everyone else's food. Mm. And gave me the look like, uh, don't believe your lying eyes. I'm not doing this. <laughs> okay. So we, uh, what else does he have to do? We've had quite a couple moments with the uh, with the horse set. Uh, hmm. Two girls went at it the other night when I closed them up, and I was the uh, oh. I was in between the two of them while they both had their back legs up, kicking each other with me in between. It's, I look like a flamingo dancer, uh, not getting taken out on that one. Sounds like a German <laughs> porn movie. <laughs> Listen, wow. let's get so back. much for my rodeo aspirations. Okay. Well, I'm glad so I asked. Gee, that was quite dangerous. a journey. Uh, next uh, next uh, complaint, please, Jocko. Okay. Complaint about the show. Number four. Dear dear one one. enough with that stuff, with that stiff, excuse me, Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> he sucks. Turn the page. Turn the page. <laughs> I agree with that. Oh. Uh, there you go. Okay. Oh, boy. Here we go. Top ten complaints about movies. That's tough. That's tough if you think he sucks. He's terrible. He's got great movies. I know everybody. He he did a few things that stupid, stupid, (laughs) stupid movies. He's we can't we all we can't discuss that. Right. Right. Let's go. Uh, Number three, dear Mac, no one cares about your beard. Either shave it off or shut up about it. Yeah, love mom. Love mom. Oh, mom. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, mom, for staying in touch. Okay. She's... Uh, next complaint, please, about the show. Jocko. Hey, Mac. I'm the owner of a bar in Hampton Beach, New Hampshire. I think you know the one. I mean, tell Coco he still owes us on his bar tab. Thank you. <laughs> Now that's really inside there, folks. If it is very much inside, and I'll be more than happy to uh, do a flyby and drop that drop it. tab off. Okay, they'll know who it is. Yeah. Okay. This is why on my credit cards it says please check ID, since a couple people on the show are very good at numbers and using my name and numbers. Oh, this is running up tabs. We'll hold that back for another time. Oh, that is totally using napalm. Totally. All you need is a little Thai gasoline uh, and some Jello Jello. Come up with something really special. Still got it. Still got it. That's it. I used to put sugar and I. We'd wish for airstrikes sometimes. You know. (laughs) That's cool. Yeah. Why not? You know. Got nothing else to do. (laughs) Nothing going on. Uh, Last uh, fly with a light. Jocko, are we on the last one? Top 10 complaints about Mac it. Maloney's number one. show. Okay. And the number one complaint about the Mac Maloney military X-Files is not enough Bob the Ghost. Not enough Bob the Ghost. Okay. We, we always need. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's been he's been absent he's for been a while. He's been absent for a ghost. He hasn't been around. Yeah, interesting. Thank you, Jocko, for Maybe rough. he's moved on. To, we gave him, he went to the light. Yeah, maybe he just couldn't take it anymore. You know, on Tuesday night. It could be another sideline. We set up shop. We drive out your poltergeists. It could be a matter of perception because if I'm if I'm in the studio, I get to see him sometimes. Oh, that's right. Whereas I say, Mac, did you see that? And he'll go, No, no. Yes, but that happens almost every place we go together. One one. Right. You see things in people when we're in bars, restaurants, parking lots. Yep. Getting thrown out of bars, back alleys, restaurants, and parking lots. Look. 
Um, why don't we do this? First of all, um, well, thank you. Oh, uh, Mark Zapul and I, we might as well make our big announcement now. Um, have it all in the first segment. So, <clears throat> Mark and I, should I do it, Mark? Might as well, right? All right. Okay. Unless you want to. Do you know what to say? I don't know what to say. Do you know what to say? I don't know what to say. I know when I say I'm excited about it, like, uh, you'll get miserable real, real quick. Yeah. Okay. So, right. um, <laughs> we, um, Mark and I have signed a book contract to write a true crime book. Really? Our first true crime book ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, um, yeah, well, I, I the crime happened yet. The crime has happened because <laughs> we have signed the contract. That's the crime. Now we got to write the freaking thing. I can help you out with that. Okay, yeah, we're going we're gonna to need a lot of cop stuff, as it turns out. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's kind of an unusual project, uh, to say the least. Um, but um, I've always wanted to write a true crime book, and now we're going to uh, be able to do it. And uh, my, The dream is recognized. The dream is recognized. Well, my dream was recognized. Hey, listen, can I tell you something? Do we know the crime? My dream was recognized many years ago when I met Lois Lane. After Everything after that is gravy. There you go. Wow. Number two. Do you hear that, I'm, I'm always glad when I can set it up. The, uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Coco, for that pass right under this the net. This is not rehearsed, ladies and gentlemen. This was a, that was a true set. Believe me, if this is rehearsed, it would be a five-minute show. Yeah, <laughs> right. And we keep going back and back. So, 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 Matt, do we know the crime or do we know the general area of the crime? Yeah. Is this fiction it's, or is it based on a true story? It's it's true. It's a true crime. It's it's the um, it's the well one one that whole fiction thing kind of falls out when you get into the true story aspect. Yeah. It usually means it actually happens. I don't mean to be a nitpicker on you tonight. I think you can generate here. more email for next quarter's why I hate Coco on the show oh. and why is he on there two times a month? Wow, fictional true crime. Okay, so anyway, um, it's the it's the remembrances of a. Small-time criminal is what the book is about. Okay, so it's many, many crimes, many, many crimes. Okay, and and the unusual way that this particular person committed these crimes. How's that, MZ? Would you? Excellent. Yeah, that's that's really, and they don't well, watch yeah, it. It's, it's not always a happy ending. It's not right. The ending's not to each story or crime is not really right. that sexy. So, but uh, right, yeah, it's yeah, great yeah. content. I think it's great content. Yeah, yeah. is he from Maine? Um, I don't know. We haven't got that we'll far. Recognize this individual. Too. No, I think with, with things, uh, things are going to. Uh, we haven't got to that yet. That that detail yet, you know. But um, uh, okay. it's going to be uh, just interesting to 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 do it and to see what happens. And um, yeah, so that's what we're going to do. So it's due. Uh, so in a year. So Mac, uh, Mark, go oh, good. You're getting to the. I just. Just from a, a kind of an alternate actor here, I just want to know when the good times for the show will start, when the deadlines start approaching for mm. this project, because God knows how much we all love when you are in that pressure cooker of the well, 45 day out, 30 day out. <laughs> Lois uh, could probably uh, add some color here to it. How it's just the absolute joyride, the e-ticket ride that can be. Commander, Commander, I think want to get my 9G suit on for that good time. Go ahead, Jocko. Commander, I think he solved the problem. That's why he's got a partner. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Turns it over there. Take a screenshot of that face, Milo, and let's compare it when we get into the uh, the, uh, back zone. So anyway, so that'll be fun, and it'll be out sometime in the middle of next year. 
And, um, you know, we'll see what happens. So, uh, and Mike, you're, cool. you're the author of uh, two books, favorites of mine. How many, two or three? You? Uh, uh, three. The three. Last Longshoreman. Six, if you include the, the ghost writing. But okay. yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. three. The, the, yeah, so the, the Last Longshoreman, right? Excellent. Uh, yeah, uh, Miami Underground. Miami Underground. Excellent. Cool book. Yeah. And The Mist Man. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. The Mist Man. And, and then what's uh, you you also wrote the Jerry Cheevas, um ghost wrote his autobiography for, for him right Jerry I wrote Jerry's autobiography fantastic guy yeah. best stories just yeah yeah incredible. yeah yeah, yeah. loved it cool it, it, Mark, where are you from, if I might ask I'm from Boston right outside Boston okay yeah I get confused with that same accent they ask me you from Boston I'm like hell no but you know when I met Lois uh, she told me that when she was growing up she always dream that she was going to marry someone with an accent, right, Lois? She just didn't know it was a Boston accent, correct? Exactly. Come on, pretend you run Oprah. Okay. You did, Lois? Yeah, it's really? true, yes. Yeah. I really did say that. I don't know yeah. why, but well, who it knew, turned right? out to be true. <laughs> God has a sense of humor. Careful there. what you wish for, yeah, sometimes right, it exactly. comes through. <laughs> so anyway. And, and you're, from, you're from New York too, right, Lois? I am. Wow. From the city? Long Island, actually. Long Island. Long Island. Long Island. Okay. Yeah. Long Island. The one word, the one oh, word from, two part city. Right. I'm from Brooklyn, so that's part of Long Island. Right. 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 That's I was true. a little further east than that. But right. her, father, the, her father grew up in Brooklyn. Right. Father yeah. was, grew up in Brooklyn, then he moved to Coney Island. He was all over there. Your father, right? Coney Island. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. so, so Jocko, let me ask you let me ask you a question, Jocko, quick about yes, uh, it's a movie kind of question. Do you like the way Woody Allen uh portrays New York City because he seems to always include it in his movies and he's he? deeply yeah. in love with the city. You know, he's a, he's a, he's a different putz. guy and uh, he does it in a different way. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. It's his vision. Wow. Some people, that, it's his vision. That that should dispel any any rumors that New York police officers can't be diplomatic. A different guy who does things a that different means. way. I look, I'm not on a job. Wow. Knows. I get that check once a wow. month. Wow. No, no. I, I mean, that's jail. gold. So that is matter. gold. That, that's going to go on my well, phone. That's going to be like a ringtone on my phone. You know what it is, Coco? <laughs> different he guy, so he does it a different way. I think yeah. he does it for those people that he knows that he's yes. like. No, that's right. So, it's you know, his he, vision. He of... makes movies for certain people, and they yeah. like it. Yeah, yeah. Going on the phone right now. Going on the phone. You're right. He's... Yeah, he's he's you know he's another one, another one who's been you know riding on his name like QT and a lot of these and Scorsese and all these people. And they've been putting out crappy movies for the pa him for the past twenty years. He hasn't made a good movie since uh, Annie Hall, which was actually a really good movie. After that, it's it been all movie. all variations of Annie Hall. You know, he doesn't have an original thought in his head. The whole thing with Mia Farrell, Back. forget about it. You know, he is. And I don't know. Mac, I agree. It, it, they're like boutique films. Go ahead, Jocko. Mac, I'm sorry. I didn't interrupt you. You're so right because, you know, yes. I love old pictures. You know, I watch a lot of that, you know, movie channels. And yes. I remember watching them as a kid. And, you know, I would have loved to live in the 40s and the 30s. Mm. But these guys today, they're all remakes of movies that were made in that era. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Every time I see it, I said, "Wait a minute! They've done this four times already. That's yep. the original. Do they have any ideas in their head?" It's, it's easier to do a repeat. It's easier to do a reboot, you know, than come up with an original. And they idea. make them worse every time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, anyway, so on that note, why don't we do this? Why don't we take a commercial a break point. now? 
And we'll be right back at um, this. Okay. Mark, can I interrupt? You bet. Can I interrupt before you take a break? Please do. No, you can't. <laughs> Don't say that one. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to remind everybody yes. that um, if you like what you hear, you can download this by going to Seacoast Oli's app and download the app for podcast yes and you can hear Macaroni's wow Military please can we that's clap it. for that please because that's, that's really that's thank you very much right because yes. you can Be coast hear this kind of conversation whenever you want whenever you, you want go and get the app right over and over again it's because truly the lowest lane experience because yes, right. she does this so she wants everyone to share in it yes thank you i'd like somebody to, I'd like somebody to do a real super fan is clip and save the movie commentary, put it in one loop. Yes. All right. And then just play all the movie commentary. On the show? Every movie I mention, these guys hate. But not so, every uh, movie, you know, just most of them. Not every together. movie. Together. <laughs> okay. All right. Always has to be the center of attention. Right. Always the Email in a complaint. Exactly. It's, it's almost like I pick somebody. If, what do you only pick it. one? What they do you mean? You only pick director. one guy, this Q-tip, who is, who is I don't know where he, how he knows where the bodies are buried, but he is, he's he's made about 20 movies, one You're or two of them. Q-tip? For, for Quentin Tarantino, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. The, the majority of the films mostly he's made. Mostly good ones, some crappy ones. It's not mostly good ones. It's mostly crappy ones. He's made maybe one or two that, you know, Coco is like just, he's either praying or he's just, you know, can't believe it. All right, listen, he's a crummy director. So is Woody Allen. How's that? I just want to say that uh, Pulp Fiction, Sorry. I told you, we had three videotape machines down at McMurdo Base in Antarctica. We couldn't fly for about four days because <laughs> the wind yes. was blowing sideways. Go ahead. And we took that movie in order, and what an experience mm. it was. Mm. And then we felt that we could never allow it to leave the continent, so mm. it was destroyed. Good, good. You did one good you thing know, there. Uh, go ahead. Mark, I, th I, think he, I think he made movies because he wanted to be an actor, couldn't. So when he yeah. actually gets himself in a couple of respects. But it, and he's just, he just got palsy wazzle with all these people. Like the way that when they made that stupid movie, and what is it, in Model Bastards, one of the worst movies and ever. Glorious Bastards. Bastards. And Glorious Bastards. That was okay. Oh, terrible movie. Okay, we, we true might... story, but he really he didn't get the true story. Yeah, <laughs> no, the way they uh, made Operation that Operation Greenup. Uh, yeah. A good friend of mine was the pilot that flew the uh, insertion of that team. They should do the real movie. Then. Operation Greenup is considered the most successful OSS mission of World War II. The reason well, so what that movie things. was based on. The reason. I know these things, Coco. When you're flying across the country and you're bored, give me a call or I'll call you. We Ooh. can tell each other all kinds of things. We're gonna we're gonna sync up after this show, yeah. my man. We're gonna sync up. Dad's originally from Flushing, Queens, so it's practically, yeah. practically wow. related. Okay. How about this, the yeah. Coco and Jocko show. Coco and Jocko. How would you say Joko and Coco? <laughs> Sorry. How, how would you do that? You know? I'm from New York. I'm Italian. I can't shut up. There you go. <laughs> Why do we do this? Why do we do this? Why do we do this? Why don't we take a commercial break now? And um, we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Military X Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Do you know where the world's most secret bases are located? Do you know what spooky action at a distance means? Is there a conspiracy by aliens to prevent us from conquering space? And where is the best place in the United States to see a real UFO? Find the answers to all these questions and more in Mac Maloney's new book, Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe. 
Visit places you never knew existed. The Phantom Tunnels of Tokyo, the UFO Trail in South America, Ong's Hat, and the very mysterious M Triangle. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe contains hundreds of reports on ghosts, haunted planes and ships, weird celebrity deaths, mysterious sounds, and a breakdown of every monster in America, state by state. You've heard him talk about it on the radio. Now, get all of Mac's paranormal research in one large volume. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe, with a forward by the very famous Juan Juan. On sale now in your local bookstore or on Amazon.com. Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show we have for you tonight. But first, girls, uh, hopefully you're sitting down, you're all misted up, you're all fanned up, and you're all wiped up. Wow, how about that? The very soaking, <laughs> soaking wet. <laughs> soaking wet. The very famous Wawan is here. Waha. Hello, how? Mac. Hello, girls. Welcome to the show. If you're just tuning in, if you've been here for the past hour. And you're still here. The past half hour, so it's a lot of laughs. It's amazing, and it has been There's a lot more of to laughs. come. Trust me. Yes, <laughs> we will trust you on and that. We've beaten up at each other all night long. That's beating up is not the right term. Uh, anyway, up there, uh, a little further north, up in the Great White North, they know him as Coco on the street. We know him as Commander Cobra. Coco, CC, how you doing? As always, Mac, a privilege and great joy of my life, flying on the wing in the formation. Macmillan military X files. Has it been steady on the wing with all that wind we had today? It's been uh, steady, a little turbulent tonight. I'll say mm. we've got a couple, uh, couple good gusts here and there. Yeah. Interesting. But okay. Not banging wing tips yet, so that's good. That's, <laughs> hopefully, that's not code. I can imagine. Also, a national correspondent up there in the uh, Bowl of Flags, Battle Creek, Michigan, Switchblade Steve Ward, Switchy. How you doing? I'm doing beyond wonderful. Beyond wonderful. Okay, good to know. And your uh, two you know pop what you tots. Haven't had to eat lately. Switch is the Entman stuff. The Entman donuts. Did you give oh. that up for Lent or something? The no, I, I went uh, went Lent. through uh, part of a week with having those almost every morning. Right. You know? See, he doesn't okay. time his breakfast. Man does not live by Entman's alone. However, mm, that's true. That's what it hey, says Max, on did you send box. in that uh, Rolling Stones Rice Krispie commercial? That was that was a hoot. I didn't uh, know they did that. You know, the Rolling Stones actually recorded a Rice Krispies commercial when they were young lads. Yeah, back, back when they weren't that popular. Let me introduce the rest of the gang, okay? Yeah. Our, uh, our good friend, very famous author, Mark Zapula, is with us. Mark, how you doing? MZ, the big MZ. Fantastic, Mac. Thanks again for having me on. It's good to see everyone. He's the yeah, author too, Mark. of the, long, yeah. the Last Longshoreman. Was the first book correct? Your first novel, correct? Yeah. Okay, and then yeah. the the one in Miami. What's the title of the one in Miami, which is kind of like a caper movie? What's the name? Miami of that? Underground. 
And <laughs> Miami Underground. Yeah, I mean that's that's funny. That moves quicker than some wingman books I've read, you know. And I like that. Um, <laughs> and uh, thank you. And then your third book, please. Uh, the Miss Man, the comedy. It was a, that's mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, hey, listen. It's good to know another it's a comedy. A, a fellow author. Yeah, I wrote a comedy. A fellow author. You know the the fellowship of the miserable. Thank you, Mark, for joining us. <laughs> Now, happy to be aboard. Uh, speaking of um, super fans, if we were a good friend, Jocko Johnson is with us down there, down south. But he was on the job in the NYPD for ten years. Ten years on the job in New York, in Brooklyn, right, Jocko? Yeah, and then after I retired, I did ten years down here in uh, sheriff's offices. I volunteered. Okay. And uh, we ran a cold case homicide squad, which was very interesting. All right, t- why don't you tell people what you told me that on the phone after yesterday? After he retired. After he retired, he goes down there. He joins a. He wow. he, he looks at cold cases, and you've solved. Well, what one. happened was I. Yeah, I did- found a I found a story in the newspaper about a guy how he was dumped on the side of the road, and I said to myself, "This was a, a dump job for narcotics." Hit. Yes. And I call my old partner who was still in homicide and he calls a few guys and three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning, which is around the time we usually like to knock on the door because everybody's like a sure. drooling. Mm-hmm. And uh, they hit the door and I go in and um, take this, drag this guy out. And the dope had his car from South Carolina plate right in front of the door. Mm-hmm. We dragged him out. We wound up locking up about 14 people up here and down there. And they were doing a drug for money, for gun thing back mm-hmm. and forth. Mm-hmm. And, um, Sheriff said to me after that, you know, I'd like you to come work for me and uh, maybe set up some kind of a squad here. And you know, I said, my guys are getting ready to retire up there, too. And so a bunch of us got together and we solved a bunch of crimes. There. Wow. But that cool. first one put a lot of people to ease with. Yeah, the first one it, was. Uh, it only took uh, you like a few days, you know, I mean, 13, it's 13 years old for 13 years unsolved. I think we had to figure out about 30 days. See. My yeah. partner and I, we went to the DA. There's your book. It took us five months to convince him to. There's the movie. It took us five months to convince him to actually. Uh, there's better ones than that. Man, mm-hmm. Let me tell you. It took him five months. Took us five months to you know, convince us to go there. I had Dr. Michael Bond in the courtroom waiting to testify. Mm-hmm. He's a good friend of mine. Wow. And uh, also he and he brought with him an anthropologist who had just came back from Iraq identifying Saddam's two sons. Really? Yeah. Oh, so I said, wow, man, wow. we got this one in the bag. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so listen. It was good. Talk it, about you know, being in the bag. made for TV special. Yeah, or at least, yeah, some movie, some book. Yeah. Want to write it? We got another, uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, you guys write that one. Sure. And then that this, would be. Uh, uh, screenplay treatment. The way it is now, that'll be around 2037 or so. I'll be able to do that, okay? All right, hopefully I'll be here. And we'll all be here. <laughs> um, okay, so um, we have a, a new segment. We're um, running up the flagpole, as they say, one one. I, I have a title for you, a working title, Mac. Uh, go ahead, please. The Coco, title. please. What's the working title? Uh, we'll call it Coco in the Groove. In the Groove. All right. Huh? Coco in the Groove. Well, that is a working title. That this... refers to uh, getting in the uh, the proper approach when you're coming in to bring the uh, airplane or the helicopter into the landing. Okay. Eat the meatball. Oh, the meatball. All right, listen. 
See, you Let's, guys were in the cool part of the Navy. I was in the boring part of the Navy. We're gonna, uh, I worked for a contractor, so we're, I know about it. We're going to work on that title. Together. So look at this is what the, this is how it goes, all right? We just pull some like kind of problem out of the year, and you know how Cobra is. He can solve anything. We're just going to throw, throw it at him, and he's going to tell us in five minutes how to get out of the problem, how to solve it. All right? You ready to go? I'm sure we'll have some. I am, and we should uh, we should make sure the audience knows that uh, we are not pre-planning uh, or discussing the uh, the nope. problem. I will uh, absolutely not. be receiving. Nope. Okay. Are we ready? Let's start some music. Ready, I'm sure we'll do some music. Let's put it in right now. Okay. Number one, Cobra. You are flying a single-engine airplane over the Nevada desert. Some kind of secret operation. Who knows? Uh, something goes wrong with the plane, and you ha you are um, you're going to uh, crash. You have two minutes of flight time left. You're over the desert. You have two minutes of flight time left. The first question is is you know how are you going to land safely? But the second question is how do you survive? How do you make sure you survive? Ready, go. So I'm going to make uh, the quick assumption I'll make is Mac that uh, I was flying normally before that. And that I could see the ground while this is all happening. So for the see the ground yes. answer, uh, the first thing I immediately have to do is uh, prepare the airplane to maintain uh, the best glide capability, which means I'm going to have to get the nose properly pointed down and get the airspeed set up so that I will maintain the most uh, lift that I can as the airplane is moving towards the ground. Next thing is I would hopefully be able to take care of all the little things that have to be done with the engine. If it's a propeller-driven airplane and I have control of the propeller, I would do a thing called feathering to lower the drag down, make the airplane ready to uh, to uh, keep its airspeed up. What I'm trying to do is uh, keep the energy level of the airplane under control and use it for what I want. Um, I'll, I'll immediately be looking outside for the best place to go. Uh, you said Nevada desert, so that is usually a 50-50 situation. It either means it's going to be a fairly wide open expanse to land on, which would be, you know, sand or some kind of packed sand, or it's going to be mountainous. Uh, we'll cover those two in a second. The next thing is, uh, once I get the nose down, I'm looking for the place that I'm going to land on the side. You said uh, only about two minutes to go, so there's not a lot of time. I will make a radio call. Uh, usually indicating some kind of a mayday situation and also throw out uh, a code onto my transponder, which will let people know that I'm having an emergency. Um, that I wouldn't spend a lot of time with two minutes trying to answer anybody else's radio call. I would just give my mayday and the position that I'm at so that people can start looking for me. Three minutes. And now I'm spending probably the last minute getting the airplane into the best speed and if it's a fixed gear airplane and the wheels are already down, I will probably uh, look for the best place that I can put wheels down. If it's a retractable landing gear airplane, I might elect to keep the gear up if I think it's going to be a really soft area and use the belly of the airplane. It really depends on the configuration of the airplane. Some airplanes are better at doing that than others. If it's mountainous, I'm going to go for a shot where I think is the best place, and then I'm going to stall the airplane in that position mm. with the least amount of forward motion because it's going to be pretty ugly in a, in a rough terrain situation. I'm going to try to get as slow as possible at the end, a stall-type landing. If it's a, a fairly wide open place, um, I'm going to look for a, a trail or anything that looks like it's a little bit packed Two and minutes. try to put it down on that. Two minutes. 
Two minutes. Now, if it's bad weather, if it's instrument weather, like I can't see the ground. You better land. Um, now what I'm doing is I'm flying the instruments. I'm looking at whatever I have to tell me when I'm approaching the ground, and hopefully I break out from the cloud deck. And One I minute. Can see the ground, and if I can't, I'm gonna just look outside the window and get as close to the ground as possible, and have it under control, and have to accept whatever better, I catch when I come. You better out land the there. You better land, brother. You got 40 seconds. No, I'm, that's it. I'm on the deck, my man. Okay, I'm so what done. happens? But how do you get out? Um, do you I'm, do you walk out? Do you try to do you look for a road to try to land oh, on? Oh, I'm sorry. You, yeah. Once you're on the ground, a couple things will happen right off the 30 bat. Seconds. I'm injured, I'm gonna, and, Thirty seconds. Injured. I'm gonna and no, you know, no post fire or something like that. I'm just gonna try to set up hit the spot and use some of the gear that I have to uh, communicate. Mm -hmm. Cell phones, radios, things like Would that. Would you stay with the? If would you a stay with the plane? Injury, all I'm doing is getting clear. Would you stay with the plane? Would you stay with the plane, or would you try to walk out um, of the It depends. Desert? 20 seconds. It all depends on time of year, yep. how close I was to civilization, and I would know that, or how close I was to getting to a road. So landing. And I may consider staying with the airplane, mm -hmm. if I'm, depending on what my physical condition is, and try to make a signal with it. Well, people would be looking for you, though, right? I mean, every plane that well, they is could, missing. They but they might looking. not be. Yeah, okay. It, all right. it, that all depends. Some of the ops that I did out there, only the people I was working for knew I was there. Uh -huh. It would have been a long time before anybody would have known. We've lost him. We've lost Other him. Other times, you're talking every you know every four or five minutes okay. to uh, air traffic. Okay. So they wouldn't know where you're at. That's how Coco gets out of the gym. Okay, number two. Hopefully, we keep our music going. Okay, you ready, Coco? Hopefully, it's not five minutes of the same. Ready. All right. All right, you are flying in a commercial airliner. Somehow the two-man crew becomes incapacitated. What do you have to you do? You mean like the cat that just took out that crew from uh, the Mideast airliner? What time was it? A stray cat got on the airplane and it, it took him out? No more cat stuff on the shelf. So, <laughs> so what would you do? I mean, they would say, I mean, somehow people know you're a pilot. You sit in the, you, 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 you haul out the guy who, you know, passed out or whatever. What do you do? Now, you're a right. pilot. But you're, this is a jumbo jet or something. What what you what would you right. do? Five minutes. Ready? Go. So, as long as the aircraft is remaining uh, somewhat stable, which likely it was on some kind of a uh, autopilot, as most aircraft of that size, once they're at altitude, if it's not like a grievous emergency where you have to do it uh, immediately, I would establish contact to get someone who could tell me where and what I need to look at to land the airplane and bring it in for recovery. And it all becomes a time factor at that point. Uh, are we uh, close enough to an airport? Do we want to attempt it right off the bat? Are we out over the water where we're going to try to head to get towards land? Those kinds of things. The more time you have, the more time you have to prep. Um, most people that have uh, a decent amount of flight time could probably handle uh, with instruction how to land a major airliner um, as long as it, it's intact and you have good ground uh, contact that will allow you to uh, activate systems. That would be the hardest part for me as a pilot not checked out on one of those airplanes. Mm -hmm. Where do I find the switches? Where do I find? And certain airplanes have certain things that you have to do. Um, you have to prepare with different types of flaps or other airfoils. Mm -hmm. uh, speeds that you have to have to lower the gear so that you don't cause problems on doing that. 
Um, and the other part is, is that if it's uh, good weather, bad weather, you don't want to compound it. You want to have the best weather conditions so that you have less things that you have to consider. It's bad weather coming in on the approach. Mm-hmm. But again, most airliners have the ability, uh, if you're going to the, the proper kind of facilities, and most of them are, that you can pretty much do a hands-off approach all the way to touchdown yeah. if it's properly set up. So you're, now does you're the, really just does, kind of sitting there babysitting the uh, aircraft. Does the airplane sure do that? It, that it's doing what it's supposed does to the airplane do that? Yeah. Or is someone, can someone, it, it isn't a case of someone on the ground bringing it in. It's the case of the airplane no. landing itself, right? Yeah, the, no, the the, the 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 level of artificial intelligence that, that, that exists on the air fleets today will allow an airplane and or a helicopter to fly a hands-off approach all the way down to the ground if it's uh, if it's properly equipped. Wow, that's that's crazy. As long as everything's working, it will do that. That's unbelievable. This is what we've always talked about, Mac, and you plugged. That, right. You know, now that they're interconnected in their network. I didn't think it was possible. And the ground... Uh, stations are talking to the airplane because they want to also know about maintenance because in the airline world, they want to know if an engine maybe needs maintenance because they mm-hmm. want to turn those airplanes around as quick as possible. Right, Could yeah. someone hack in and take over the airplane? Yeah, we've and talked I, about I, that I before. Sure. before. I think so let me yes. ask you this then. We, we, yeah. we got one minute and 30 seconds. Let me ask you this. Could then, let's say both pilots because there's only a crew of two these days. Could they be both incapacitated and and no one, no hero has to step forward? They can just, the plane could land itself? Well, it wouldn't land itself as it stands right now without the ability to properly program it and to execute the steps that have to do that to set that up. Hmm. They don't have it so they can, on the ground. Um, I'm sure some airlines teach... uh, uh, the other parts of the flight crew, the, the flight attendants, to do a certain level yeah, of, of, yeah. of emergency support. But the real uh, uh, pressure is is that they always try to keep one pilot in a position of flying and being conscious and remaining control. And on a really long flight, there'll be pilots that are in the back yes, of the yeah. passengers. Uh, so on a really long flight, those people that start out, are the ones that take the airplane off and the pilot who's going to land is actually sleeping in business class or first class resting oh, wow. until at the end of like take 10 hours or so of flight they'll take over interesting okay number hey, three cobra can i ask you a question go ahead please jj i need to ask cobra a quick question when you fly commercial do you um, take a a peek at what the equipment is going to be used for that flight and maybe examine uh what the and specifications design. are and the characteristics of it in case you had to do exactly what you talked about not a- not not very often one one <laughs> the thing there's three things i do because i'm an absolutely terrible passenger i hate flying on airlines i'm seconds. like a doctor who's hurt himself and is waiting in the emergency room to be seen <laughs> by another doctor i, I don't like flying on airliners not all. good right yeah uh, i look at the flight crew to see if i know anybody Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was uh, a few years back, a lot of my uh, student pilots uh, from the Navy and the Marines were, were flight crew in the airlines. They had you know, left the, the military and gone to it, so it was always fun to see them and then sit there and think about how good they were as students. Yeah, good. See if that, how that worked uh, the last time I had seen them. Um, the other thing is I really pay attention to where the exits are. Uh, yes. And I pay attention to how I have to get off uh, the airplane quickly or get to a door to open it so that you can. You can mm. So you can parachute out. <laughs> and yeah. then I, I I also jump into the, I look around to see if somebody doesn't look right. Uh, Uh-oh. 
if someone looks like they're going to be a problem on the flight. That's what, are you going to smack them around beforehand? Well, I, I'm not saying I'd smack them around, Mac, but I've seen some folks that have gotten out pretty drunk, pretty oh, belligerent. Hey, hey. And uh, if they stepped out of line and hey, they start the, the nonsense, Jocko. Uh, I think I'm going to drop them pretty quick. Okay, that's good. And Number two, Jocko. Intervene. Hey, Jocko. In the old days, in the old yes. days, I'd say yes. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. Come on. Sometimes you, you, prof, you if profile they, if, the passengers and then you're ready to interview. Absolutely. Like if they Every led you on a I chase, Jocko, if they led you on a chase, right, and you caught them, right, you tuned them up a little bit, right? You taught them a lesson, what? right? You know. What? Come on. <laughs> that did never happen. Yeah. Okay. All right. Listen. That All right. Never happened. That would we be got, inappropriate, man. We got a third problem. No quotas either. So, <laughs> third problem for Coco. Ready? Ready, Matt. Okay, here we go. Hang on. I'm going to put on my special glasses for this. Okay. Within the span of one minute, you get four texts. Ready? Yep. Switch has been arrested for inebriation and for assaulting a police horse. Juan Juan has been kidnapped and is being held for an embarrassingly low ransom down in Mexico. <laughs> Mac needs help fighting the fire at the orphanage. Smith Club needs a ride to Lawrence. How do you save your buds in in wit, what order? Okay, five minutes. As I see this, I'm going to need to get in the car or get towards the airplane. I'm assuming that you're having me start from the compound. To help you with the orphanage fire, since that's the one I'll start heading towards. You didn't give me the distances, but that on the way, I will make a call, since you said Mexico, and contact one of my network buddies in Mexico City, who can look into one one situation. Okay, good. And we'll throw the pesos uh, very quickly. If, Probably if, at a strip club, knowing if, the yes. If it costs that much, okay. One one. Yes. Now switch. Obviously, he's going to need some legal assistance. Bail. He needs bail. Taking a greatly assembled group of people here. The second phone call that I would make out is to a uh, good lawyer friend of mine in Michigan with the assumption that uh, he could at least start the proper counsel to prove the innocence of Switch and that it's a hypoglycemic incident. Yes. And I would probably have a quick discussion about his dietary problems, his, office meds. his lack of good uh, right. nutrition in the morning. See that would explain and at that point why I'm rolling up to you. That that that, we'll, that, that, uh, call that would Uber for club. But that would explain uh, the the drunkenness. It wouldn't explain assaulting the police horse though. You're gonna have to think of oh, something. Oh yeah, he, he, I've been around him when he's hangry. He was and startled. He is a wildcat. He was he startled is, by a hus. He's from the Badger State, and he is a wildcat <laughs> when he is when he is in that state. <laughs> Just have that Snickers ready. There you go. He needs a Snickers. Uh, yeah, can I make? And a I don't suggestion? know if you heard the last part, Mac, but as I rolled That's up right. to you with the fire extinguisher, yes. go ahead. Uh, we're, we're calling it Uber <laughs> for club. What? Say that again, please. Mac. I'm sorry. Go Can ahead. Can I make a suggestion? Yes, please, Jocko. Super fan, Jocko. Uh, see, with uh, Cordy, with with uh, with Twitchy. Yes. He calls me. I will call the uh, local constable. There you go. There. See, Coco and calls the heart with them, Coco. and it never gets, and it doesn't. Maybe doesn't get the trial. I don't know. It doesn't get the trial. Maybe walks out of it with like uh, disorderly conduct or something. You know, Coco calls Jocko. Jocko takes care of us. That's, that's problem. the way it was in the old days. You got to at street court. As you know, Juan Wen and I have tried right, to reform, right, but we've got his, so uh, much. Okay, sorry. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because Juan Wen's right. They probably gave you a little punishment as well. <laughs> <laughs> if Juan Wen's getting punishment, I'm pretty sure it was earned. 
Okay, so Aaron. That's right. Aaron. I've okay. been at bars with him. I know what happened. Oh. <laughs> Has he ever walked out with a turban? Uh, it depends on what she's not. Depends. Oh, well. yes. White, white bed. He's been close. Uh, anyway, okay. So Coco. So then, uh, and then finally, you give Club a ride to Lawrence to that Mexican restaurant he's heard so much about. Yeah, it, it, the part I told you was is I rolled up with a fire extinguisher because I'm one of the losers that still carries a fire extinguisher in the truck. And there's always one on the airplane. Good for you. Um, if I had a fly down, we'd call an Uber for him. I'd just dispatch an Uber and take care of that. Okay, good. Okay. Go, go on it. Yeah, all right. Now well, my hey, less than sounds, five minutes. Great okay. job. Listen, let's clap for him, great okay? Job. You know, we can. Yeah. Please clap. That's a great job. We'll sweeten it up, Coco. Don't worry. Well, that was great. Thank you, Coco. I like that. Yeah. Uh, you guys are like saccharine. You're sweet enough. Don't worry about it. That was it. interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. Okay. He's not the only guy. He's not the only guy with the extinguisher in the first date. There you go. Flares, all that stuff. I have an extinguisher in my car. Why is that? Uh, is that yeah, too nerdy? extra ammo. Oh, I don't have <laughs> that. That I don't have. As it turns <laughs> no, out. Oh, oh, habits die hard. Extra ammo handcuffs. <laughs> Why don't we do this? Why don't we take a commercial break now? And we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Miltrax House Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Please stay tuned. UFOs are found in Renaissance art, on ancient coins, and etched on cave walls. They're even reported in the Bible. But more surprising is when UFOs are seen the most in times of war. Through centuries, thousands of UFO sightings have been made by high-ranking officials, military pilots, and ordinary soldiers. Often, these fantastic appearances occur at the height of great battles. From World War I to D-Day to Korea, Vietnam, and beyond, military investigators are baffled. Why do UFO sightings spike so drastically during wartime? Could it be mistaken aircraft, or is someone, or something, looking in on us? In UFOs in wartime, what they didn't want you to know, Mac Maloney chronicles centuries of these incredible sightings and tries to solve the puzzle of why so many UFOs are seen while humanity is at war. Read about the scare ships, the ghost planes, and the ghost rockets, alien giants in the jungles of Vietnam, UFOs controlling our ICBM bases, dogfights with flying saucers during the Gulf War, and more. 300 pages of unbelievable stories along with many startling photographs. That's UFOs in Wartime, What They Didn't Want You to Know, by Mac Maloney. On sale at your local bookstore or on Amazon.com. Everyone to Mac Maloney's Mill Track Style Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac. I'm running well with a show we have for you tonight. The first girls, very famous one one, is here. Lonnie. Hello, girls. Hello, Mac. Now, should we Good be, to con- be here? Should we Good to see you? Be concerned about you. You don't have your Rolling Stones, uh, you know, tongue behind you. You have the fabs. I don't. The fabs. The fab four. 
I got the Fab Four uh, background going on here. Mm -hmm. One of their classic pictures. Yep. You're blocking Ringo out. I used out, to have a, a Beatles card of this shot. Yes. I don't know what happened to all my Beatles cards. Yeah, you know, that's another loss. You got thrown away, you know, with your baseball cards. You know, I think my mother, my mother tossed them along with my old radios and my HO trains. There you go. That's ho for people. And comic books. Square at home. <laughs> Also up there. In my Lionel set. In the in in the great state of Maine. They know one's Coco on the street. We know one's Commander Cobra. Cece, how you doing? I'm doing well, Mac. Thank you once again for letting me be part of the formation. He looks like he's got a haircut. Doesn't he look like he has a different kind of hairdo every time we see him? You know, he's he's squared he's so squared away it, it frightens me sometimes. I, I cut my own hair, Mac. Oh do you you have a Floby? You have the thing you hook up to the vacuum. I don't have a floby. I wouldn't mind a floby. No, I have just the old barber trimmers and uh, you know get to the uh, get to the show. Really, you cut and you cut your own hair. Mrs. Cobra doesn't want to get involved. No, she doesn't want to get involved. Well, she might want. She to. will <laughs> shave my neck. <laughs> but from the looks of it, she might want to listen anyway. Five for for me to tell people how to wear their hair, right? Um. I haven't had a haircut in a year. One year. It looks it. Thank it looks you. it. Thank you, Walmart. But your beard looks fantastic. Thank you very much, Cook. Appreciate that. Uh, up there in the uh, Bowl of Flakes, Switchblade Steve Ward, our national correspondent. Switchy, you okay? I'm, I'm good. Uh, I'm Another fantastic hairstyle, if I yeah. might add. There you go. Right on your. Takes yes. a week or two to kind of grow out a bit where it looks, you know, normal. But okay, all right. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, he's, he's, he's very distinguished. He's he's got the camera on profile. Look at him, the profile like uh, taking his mug shot. Okay, awesome. A good friend, very <laughs> famous. Very famous uh, author, Mark Zapuler, is joining us tonight. Mark, how you doing? Great, Mac. Thank yeah. you very much. Thanks again for having me. Good to see you, Mark. Can you stand all this fun? Good to see you, Juan Juan. <laughs> Great. I, yeah. I, 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 I look forward to it every time. And I'm having a good hair day on the subject of hair. I mean, That's good. <laughs> I'm just getting ready to say it, Mark. Yeah. You know? Do you know? Do you cut your own hair? Do you cut your own hair? I do. Do you? <laughs> no way. Do you? I do. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. You can really screw it up. Oh, are you gonna, he's got a whiffle. Are you nah. going to screw that up? Really? Yeah. You don't go to a salon. Just like, number two, and off you go. I like Da Vinci in there. I got it. <laughs> That's funny, man. <laughs> I would have gone with the Michelangelo with you looking at you. Not at <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> yeah, let's go Michelangelo. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. You know, Listen. Mac loves that story. Italian restaurant, in, or a, a, actually a steakhouse back in the day when I was oh. stationed in Alabama. I was there with a, a date. And this guy in the next table over is talking. He's kind of loud. He's going on, and he just, he's, reliving the trip to Italy with his wife. So you just imagine Alabama, 1980s, early oh, 80s. Yeah. And he's going on the, and he goes, and who was that, that the, the W word for Italians? Who was that W word for Italians that painted all those ceilings? And I want, I just <laughs> said out loud across the table, I go, Michelangelo. And he snaps his fingers and he goes, he points at me, he goes, yeah, that's it. That's Michelangelo. Now that mother, you know, he could paint. <laughs> he signed his name that. down the bottom. I almost choked up my dinner. Yeah. I, I couldn't even breathe. I was laughing so well, hard. You're in Alabama. 
Anyway, yeah, okay. So listen, talking about down south, uh, a good Mike friend. Mike Angelo. <laughs> Big fan. He's got a lot of fans down there in Alabama, Mike Angelo. <laughs> Super fan. Played football? Super fan. They called him Mike for short. Jocko Johnson. <laughs> Jocko, thanks for joining us. He's got Thank the you, shades. Max. He's got the he's got the the t-shirt on. He's part of the gang, huh? He's part of the familia. Part of the hood. Yep. So you you admitted uh, earlier that you were actually Italian by descent, correct? Jocko. Oh, I'm an, I'm an American. But yeah, oh, but uh, your descent, your Italian descent. Yes. How'd you get Johnson as a name? Did you take that name? At ah, it's a long story. Oh, let's hear it. That's what we're here for. <laughs> uh, it's a little bit of a undercover thing. Oh, okay. Oh. 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 Mm. I did a little kind of work that we Is Jocko your last name? Is that what we're saying? No. No. He's not at liberty to say. He's going. It's a vowel at the end of it. So. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Much. So they picked Johnson as the cover name. Interesting. Okay. They spent a lot of time on that. So listen, Jocko, so when you were on the job, when you were on the job, okay, I mean, what, what, I mean, it's hard to prevent murder. I know that. It's hard to prevent murder because a lot of murders are, are done on the spare of the moment, that during, you know, a lot of them are done not premeditated. There are some premeditated, and then the person is trying to avoid the law. Acts of passion. Yeah, acts of passion stuff. But besides that, what, what is, you know, what's the, what's the, uh, well, what's this, what's, Coco, so excuse me. It's Coco's cat. being he's being served his dinner by a beautiful wait. Oh, that's Mrs. Coco. Get in the shot there, Mrs. Coco. Get in Mrs. the shot Coco, there. What Mrs. do we have? Hug her. Is on the deck. Hi, guys. Please, you Hello. have to please get in the shot. We're Off radio, but cat, we want you in the shot. Off to the screen. No, that's not. Uh, Coco. Let's, uh, let's pipe. Let's pipe you aboard the uh, ship here. There you go, Coco. Oh, please hug. Please I hug Mrs. Please hug, oh, Please hug Mrs. Cobra. Please hug Mrs. Cobra. What are you trying to ask me, Mac? Bring Mrs. Cobra into the frame. Please. She's she's not cooperating. Well, she's, but she's halfway into yours. the frame. Oh, I like being I like standing off to the side. Oh. I'm more comfortable. Uh oh. That and a glass okay. of wine and you know the Really? Okay. All right. All right. Why don't you Our take pig a is seat? asleep on the couch. I've got to go check him. Okay, that could be cool. All right. Thank All right, you, Mrs. Cobra. Nice. There she goes. Okay. Wow, Coco. <clears throat> What'd you bring you? A sandwich and a beer there or something? No, no, she just came in to give me a hard time and tell me that Zeppelin's asleep on the couch. So. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> That's so cute. All right. Well, I'm glad she stopped that. So listen, Jocko, let's go. Mrs. One one, the pictures of beer and uh, yes, Zeppelin. This is now a hey one one, you're blocking out Ringo. You're the Pete Best of that band. It looks like Joe oh there you go. So Draco, other than murder, what, what what you know? What crime did you really want to you know catch the perpetrator? Well, most street crimes, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, most street crimes, uh, violent street crimes. Yep, robberies, rapes, burglaries, car theft. But a lot of those led to murder, and you could prevent murder. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, the NYPD has proved that. Okay, because uh, when I was on the job there, we were very on demand. And uh, through the 70s, they had all these layoffs. Uh, mm -hmm. When they hired my class, I was a second class hired back. We had over 3,000 people. And we went to the academy around the clock. And uh, we were able, you know, when, by the time Giuliani got in there, we kind of held the, the line. Mm -hmm. and it changed. We went from 3,000 homicides a year almost to about 200 less. 
the, the thing that changed is there's different there's ways to do it right and and, and the city itself changed because i lived down there in the early 80s okay and times square and all that was very very sketchy down there but but what happened was they literally brought walt disney into the place and and they turned it into this kind oh, of disneyland yeah. thing which is garish and it's really kind of odd i mean you you're your um, there's no street lamps, and and your signs have to be of a, a certain brightness to light up the street to take the place of street lamps. But it's a much safer area. It's a much more prosperous area. It it looks better. Everything is good about it. But that's basically how they took care. From my point of view, that's how they kind of took care of that area because it was bad, man. So switch. You have a fringe report for us tonight. Uh, yes, I do. And uh, it's about, it centers around a gentleman named Tom Lethbridge. Now, he was, was uh, British. He was, a, uh, he was actually uh, an archaeologist. And he uh, it was involved in a lot of different digs, uh, uh, getting into the past in England and so forth. Uh, he, uh, he grew up uh, <clears throat> around Cambridge. But in 1957, he moved to uh, uh, on the coast of Devon. And he was kind of retired. And uh, he would still be involved in, in, uh, in archaeology and so forth and digging. And uh, he wasn't really somebody that believed in psychic phenomena or whatever, <clears throat> but he did use a, a, a dowsing rod. And he found that if he, it wasn't just a matter of, of using it to find water. Uh, if he focused his attention on something, the dowsing rod would work. And uh, so what, what he did was he, uh, 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 for example, he was on a particular dig in an area, and he would blindfold it. He would use it to to find volcanic dikes. Now, dikes are uh, a situation, a geological situ geologic situation where uh, there's a crevice or whatever, and it gets filled up with something else, like say magma or whatever. But he could find these things with, that were actually buried under, underground by using the rod and uh, and blindfolded. Um, <clears throat> I should say that uh, uh, he was. Uh, uh, he had been a, the honorary keeper of Anglo-Saxon antiquities, and uh, he was uh, at the hey, Switch, I got to jump. I, gotta, I just got to jump in. It's just not me. You just strung together some of the most interesting terms. Yes. Oh, you mean? Uh, oh no, 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 no! Don't repeat. You have to repeat it. Repeat it. No, no. I just want to say you threw together. Only you could have carried that off and kept this thing on track. I just Hello. wanted to make note of that to all the wonderful listeners. Uh, knowing that I was just about ready to, my head was going to explode. I was laughing. Well, well, thank you, Cobra. Will, your your praise will not go to my head. Just so you know, I'm 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 well grounded. But uh, anyway, the keeper of Anglo-Saxon antiquities at the University. Oh, you said not to repeat it. Well, too late. Uh, the Museum uh, of Archaeology, and uh, again, he uh, he was one of these people I could, could compartmentalize. He wasn't. Uh, didn't believe in 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 the uh, in, in psychic phenomena, although later on he was uh, actually experienced some of it. But he would use this uh, this uh, this Y rod, this dowsing rod, to find different things that would help him on the dig. It even even turns out I didn't know this. Now uh, a gentleman named Colin Wilson was a uh, a great British uh, uh, researcher. Uh, he's no longer with us, but he was a big champion of Lethbridge. He never met him, but he was fascinated by the different, he, he wrote several books over a period of time of his findings. And uh, he, he said, he points out that uh, uh, Heinrich Schliemann, who we all know is the uh, gentleman that uncovered Troy. Uh, 
And, uh, you know, we, we thought that Troy, that was just a pure mythology at one time, but he actually found it. And he was one of these people that used that sort of inner sense to find uh, a buried uh, uh, treasure, essentially, uh, uh, long lost artifacts and so forth. Some people seem to have that. And that also kind of gets into the re remote viewing scene as well. But uh, uh, by the way, it was on the Isle of Lundy where uh, Lethbridge was doing these experiments with the Y-Rod. Well, uh, he, uh, after he moved to uh, on the coast, uh, there was a local uh, resident witch in the area. Now, by witch, this is more of a, a modern day witch. This uh, lady would cure warts, she would uh, heal sick cattle, and she also loved to uh, attend, uh, have sessions in the pub, and sometimes she'd get a little bit tipsy, and they'd have to make sure she was steady to get her back home. Uh, but she, she suggested to Lethbridge that he should try to use this ability with a pendulum. Now, of course, a pendulum is just a some kind of an object at the end of a string, basically. Well, what, what Lethbridge did, uh, he was a very creative thinker. He used a ball, like uh, a carved ball of hazelwood, put a, a line through it, a, a hole through it, and then put a string on it. And he measured the string out. He actually knocked off the inches and he put it on the end of a pencil so that he, he had something that was like 40 inches long. He found out that now, when he would, would uh, douse for something and it was, he would swing the pendulum, if it had a hit, it would all of a sudden start to rotate very quickly as if it, it, it fell on, on its target. And uh, what he found was that the pendulum would actually react differently at different rates or inches from anywhere from one to 40 inches on different types of substances. For example, uh, a silver dish would react at 22 inches, but the pendulum would not uh, rotate at any other length. Uh, also, it turned out that 22 inches was the same rate, so to speak, for copper, silver, and lead. He was actually able to find what was buried underground uh, by, by doing this technique. Now, the thing is that uh, uh, some of these, uh, uh, like I say, some of these substances, physical substances, were the same uh, number of inches. So there was also a way to figure out what they were. In other words, if it was lead or silver or something else, they would all rotate at 22 inches. And, uh, but it turned out that the pendulum would rotate the, a, a, a specific number of times if it was lead or silver or whatever. Uh, so it's really fascinating. And uh, there's a, a guy named Tom Graves that uh, uh, wrote the essential Lethbridge that also uh, uh, tried to duplicate Lethbridge's uh, experiments. And he, 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 he did actually duplicate them, but he found out that it, the, the, the inches, the rates were a little bit off. In other words, it seems like the individual, uh, it, there's some kind of a cirque involved or whatever, where the individual kind of uh, determines the results. Switch. Lethbridge also Switch. found out. Yes. Okay, just ask a question. So they call this dousing, right? Yes. Okay. So, but you also see people, you know, especially like in old Western movies, cowboy and Indian movies, where they're dousing with a stick. It looks almost like a, you know, like well, a. Well, that's kind of what he, he originally did when uh, he was finding uh, these uh, on archaeological so digs. What's the idea behind this that? Woman. What's, the, what's the idea behind dousing? I mean, why why would you pick up a stick and what's the magic power in a stick or anything? 
it, it has something to do with uh, the individual and the uh, a friend of mine on his property in, in a suburb. He took uh, two coat hangers and bent them into L rods, essentially, and he found water on his property. Really? Yeah. Really? How it works, I'm not really sure. And, and why in, in Lethbridge, when he got all these different results with different substances and rates, that's pretty amazing by itself. Yeah. But it even gets stranger Go ahead. because he found out that uh, this would uh, react to thoughts and emotions as well. Mm -hmm. Life was, I think, at, uh, I forget, 22 inches, maybe. I think that was it. Death was at 40 inches, right. if you were just to think about it. Yes. Uh, he also, he went to a, uh, to Wandry, where there was a, it's an Iron Age camp. And there, there's all these stones they would find there that were used in slings. And he found out that uh, anger uh, hits at 24 inches. <laughs> okay. And 40 inches is death. So these, these stones would react at those rates and he also found well, well i'm sorry no 24 inches was maleness apparently because he found out he went to, to the shoreline he got other stones there was no reaction but there was, was the reaction for 24 inches for the stones that were used in anger and uh to to try to kill somebody hmm. then he had uh so he would throw a couple stones he had his wife throw a couple stones and then they would react to maleness or femaleness and uh, it, was, it was just bizarre that, yeah. that, that everything kind of lined up almost like a scientific, uh, you know, right. uh, a diagram. I'll tell you, Switchy. Switchy. Then, Switchy. Let me interrupt yes. you for a second, okay? Because we have to take a um, commercial break here, as it turns out, to even out the show. So you're listening to Mac well, the Mornings. The best stuff is coming. So that's good. It's a tease. People stay tuned. It's a tease. Uh, you're listening to Mac Mooney's Mill Tracks Style Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We'll be right back after this. I was in the hospital with my son for 18 months. When he got injured, I wasn't prepared, but I knew I had to be strong. When I was told about John's injury, I was in complete shock. I just remember rushing into his room and giving him a big hug and letting him know I was there. These veterans and families are just a few of the heroes we serve at Homes for Our Troops. For thousands of severely injured veterans, everyday life is filled with barriers. It was really the, the little things throughout the house. Counters that you can't roll up to. I had to drag my wheelchair down steps. I want to help, but he is so determined. At Homes for Our Troops, we build specially adapted custom homes with features like wheelchair access, roll-in showers, and automatic door openers that allow them to function independently and focus on their recovery and family. This house is freedom. It's hope. It's a new beginning. This house has given me my family back. To learn more, visit hfotusa.org. And I just kept going on and on about myself. I'm taking a leak in the driveway. He says, I know you like to talk to total stranger. The story's got nothing to do with the Bruins game. It's what happened with Grandma. Well, I was wondering if those were sadomasochism straps or something. <laughs> <laughs> but I digress uh, from what I don't know. Get into the beautiful mind of one one only on the Mac Maloney Military X-Files show.
back here with Mac Maloney's Mill Tracks, our show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show we have for you tonight. Jam-packed and fun-filled. Should we say fun-filled? I'm going to throw that to, to uh, JJ. Very famous it is. is it fun-filled? It's, bar- it's a barrel of laughs. Barrel of laughs. L-A-F-F-F. It's a carnival atmosphere. Right, laughs. Carnival atmosphere is right. Okay. That includes the freak show. Hang on. It's a little bit of that, too. In this world of political correctness, they probably don't have freak shows anymore, do they? They, 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 That's canceled along with a a whole bunch of Dr. Seuss books. Inappropriate. We're timely, but okay, let's go on. Let's move on. Up there. And it, Nobody's going to know what that means. It, well, you know, in, in, in 10 years, probably not, but, you know. Uh, let's go to uh, the uh, great state of Maine. Commander Cobra's bunk. Oh, compound. CC, how are you doing tonight? Very good, sir. And mm-hmm. I think of it more as a flying circus kind of get together. A big ball right. in the it sky. You know. Circus is a great name. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Daredevil men and women yep. and their flying machines scrolling around in a tremendous uh, fight for their lives. Mm. That's the show. Mac Mullins, military ex-hospital. There was a group of uh, of pilots and airmen that would travel with the air shows that would come to peace that were like the tra- like the flying circus. Mm. They were doing all kinds of acrobatic stuff. I'm trying to remember who that group was. Right. It's not acrobatics. Acrobatics Throwbacks. are men that wear tights and jump on trampolines <laughs> wow. and fly through the air. It's aerial aerobatics. 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 Acrobats. He got and mixed aerobats. up. Okay, that's okay. It was amazing. Speaking Both about amazing, amazing. Yes. they were fun to watch, especially if you like men in tight in tights. And they had, they had some biplanes. Too. Flying airplanes. Okay. All right. Joke there somewhere. Not gonna jump on. Uh, up there in Battle Creek, Michigan, our national correspondent, Switchblade Steve Ward. Switchy. Great to be here. What's your uh, background there? It's not donuts. It looks like hanging... Pendulums going along with the report. Oh, okay, okay. With the stories, These are fancy right? ones, not uh, a little bit too uh, little bit too fancy. Okay, all right. They well, look like essential crystals. Speaking of not too fancy is our uh, good friend's famous author, Mark Zapula. Mark, how are you doing? Great. Mac, how are you? Okay, Mark and I announced earlier in the show that we have signed a Thanks. book contract for a secret project that we're only calling True Crime Story. What are the working title they put in the contract? They go, who came up with this? It's nuts. I don't know. we got to come up with something. Yeah, no, we got to come up with a title quick. But anyway, we're going to do a tr- True Crime Story. Um, we're going to work on it this calendar year, and it will be out sometime a year from this summer. Boy, I'm looking forward to that, Mark. Are you? I honestly, I can't wait. I, I can't wait to get going on it. And the, uh, you know, of course, the most important thing is the party that we launch it at is going to be. The party, yeah, right? everything is working towards the party. On an epic level, so. Right, okay. The yeah, script is secondary, it's the party. Right, yeah, why not? Yeah, right. You know, f- flop or not, bestseller or flop, we will have the party. What's the name of that restaurant down the North End, your buddy's restaurant? Athena. Yeah, we will, we will party. Nice. And his name is right, Johnny... What's his name? Simone. Yeah, yeah, John De Simone. John De Simone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's yeah. 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 Good guy. Great guy. Super duper guy. In the hey, in Jocko, the, Jocko, you been down the North End in Boston? I've been in Boston, Jocko. Hey, Jocko, been down the North End? Jocko Johnson is our super fan. Is joining us tonight. Yes. yes. Yep. Okay. What you think of the North End of Boston, Jocko? Yes, I have. I've been to Boston. Yep. Yep. Number of times. I love it down. Cool. You do. You oh, do. Yeah. yeah. Up that end. We gotta say down. Hey, listen. Are you a uh, many times. are you a Yankees fan or a Mets fan? 
Uh, both. I oh. was always a Met fan. I became a Yankee fan when I moved down here because uh, when I moved down here, I was called the Yankee anyway. So oh, so you, yeah, why not? The, right. uh, Brave left and right. So. Uh, okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Huh. You both. Know. You don't find many people of both. You know. Usually, uh, if I had to choose, yeah, if I had to choose, I'd be a, I'd be a Met fan. A Met fan. Okay. The Mets might not be sucky this year for the first time in about 20 years but anyway I think not too bad i hope i watched some of the game today they were mm -hmm. second game yeah anyway hey switchy so you're and, in and mark max says uh, start the book yeah. without him if you can't don't worry about it what? uh so it. like i said i'm on it <laughs> that's what i mean the um the uh there's a vote of confidence right there uh, yeah i missed that i guess um so um you did Switchy, you're in the middle of a story about this guy who is able to, I don't know, he's a super dowser or something. Does he have the ability more than other people? Because he seemed to have more success with dowsing. And dowsing is basically I don't know what it is. He, he, uh, putting he, a crystal. He seemed, but he also was very creative. He took dowsing way beyond what people would normally do, just looking for water or whatever, and just and finding other objects. And then getting, getting up the idea of you know setting the pendulum at different rates to determine different substances like we were talking about earlier. For example, at 10 inches, again, you, you, if you were to think about some of these things as concepts or deal with them physically, it would still respond. So at 10 inches, light, sun, and fire all uh, registered. At 20 inches, life, heat, and earth. 30 inches, moon, water, and green. 40 inches, sleep, air, cold, and death, and we'll get to that in a moment. He also found out that the object, if you were to sit it on a floor or whatever, uh, that the, 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 uh, the pendulum would register to the object uh, as if the object had kind of an aura around it, sort of a cone going up and a cone going down. It had like a, the uh, 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 force field's a bad word, a bad phrase, but uh, like magnetic resonance or something like that. Something. It, it's like like it gave. You know, it was it was like it wasn't just the object. It would go out a little bit further than that. that the pendulum would react. Mm -hmm. Then he got the idea: what would happen if I extended the string out beyond forty inches? And that's where it gets crazy. Everything, every single thing repeats at 42 inches, 40 whatever, it, it all lines up perfectly, except for one thing. If he's dealing with a physical object, the pendulum has to be a little bit off the side in order to, to register, almost as if it's implying that there, you know, there's another reality or another dimension or something like that. Uh, it, it's just bizarre. Because if 40 inches represents death, is, is this really registering and indicating things that exist beyond death in some other realm? Now, he didn't ever state that as, as any kind of fact. He was just reporting the, the uh, results that he was getting by using the pendulum. And uh, I mean, he did, he did many other things. He, I, I believe he's the one that, that, that uh, uh, coined the term. He, he wrote a book called Ghost and Ghoul. A ghost, of course, means an apparition. A ghoul is a feeling of dread uh, uh, because sometimes people will go into a place or whatever. They don't see an apparition. They don't actually see anything at all visually. But you get that, that really terrible feeling of dread where perhaps a murder took place or something awful took place. And that seems to have kind of fallen into the, the lexicon. In fact, uh, uh, John Keel had that famous sequence when he went uh, into the TNT area where they had seen the Mothman. 
uh, he had this feeling of dread. And uh, he, he, he hypothesized it was something to do with microwaves or whatever. Colin Wilson believed that he, that John Keel experienced a ghoul, perhaps something left over from the Mothman or, or whatever was going on there. But the last thing just to wrap this up is, uh, Wilson was, again, was a big champion of Lethbridge and he published Lethbridge's last book after his death called The Power of the Pendulum. And he pointed out that, that Lethbridge would, would uh, write these uh, short little books as he progressed in his very creative research. And sometimes their thoughts were inconclusive and uh, people criticized his work, but Wilson said that they were almost like journals of, of a very creative, rational scientist, uh, uh, keeping track of all the things that he discovered. And, uh, and he said, thank God Lethbridge did this because if he did like so many of us uh, think that we, we'll, we'll, wait, we'll wait for our, our research is done, that they will write that book as the grand opus or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then if somebody dies, not even their notes may be found. So Lethbridge did the right thing. And maybe maybe that's a good lesson for all of us to do some kind of weird research like that yes. is to not worry about having all the answers, but you know, publishing these uh, little pieces of the things we've discovered. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm just really uh, impressed by Lethbridge. I've got a, a, a biography by him uh, that I, I've not uh, read yet, but uh, or I've only read part of. Mm -hmm. And he's just a really fascinating, creative guy. So, so is it, is and it, that's my report. Is it this uh, question we always come back to us? Certain people, you know, uh, certain people have a certain thing where they see ghosts, they see UFOs, they can douse, they, yes. you know what I mean? I mean, is it that type of thing? Certain there are special people? powers that uh, the average person doesn't have. Yeah, and it coincides weird. with some kind of device, some kind of uh, mechanism, a tool. I don't well, know. They're in tune with. They're in tune with themselves. They're in mm -hmm. tune with the uh, the skills that we all have, um, which yeah. allows them to tap into the, these capabilities that we all have. But you see, here's the thing. I always ask this question: Why don't these people make zillions of dollars at Las Vegas? You know what I mean? Why don't they make zillions of dollars at a racetrack? Again, really? Because it doesn't work that way. Well, that's what you well, always actually, hear. It does it, to a degree. It does. Some remote viewers have been very successful in doing just that, but they do it uh, kind of quietly. Yeah. You, well, yeah. I can see okay. why. Yeah. Okay. You know, sort of like people who change their names. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I, I hey, kidnap him and bring him right to the race. Whoa, wait a minute. That's Jock <laughs> Johnson, not the rest of us. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. Oh, listen, they'd be detain him. What happened to detain? Detain him exactly. Right. It's a police escort for their own safety. We have an ongoing investigation, and me and you would have to bring him down there. You as a witness and see what's <laughs> right. He had to pick out the right hush. Hey, listen. So anyway, yeah. we got about ten minutes left here. And Cobra and I were talking about a story off here uh, about, you know, we, we have talked before that, believe it or not, the U.S. military in the uh, early days of the Cold War um, had uh, really had missions that their airmen would have to fly called suicide missions. I mean, you couldn't call them anything else. Basically, right after World War II, in the 40s, late 40s, the only way that they could deliver nuclear bombs to Russia was in, were in B-29 bombers that, that could only fly halfway. I mean, they could fly there, drop the bomb, that's it. They couldn't fly back. And, you know, that's fairly well known. We've talked about it on the uh, air a number of times. But as it turns out, there was another kind of suicide-type mission that the U.S. military, um, you know, was involved in for a while. Uh, Coco, what is the story? Well, you're talking about Operation Greenlight, and I'm going to throw a little uh, 
uh, spotlight on millspin, or correction, millpin.com. A uh, recent uh, friend of mine who's in this uh, world of uh, the Green Berets and special operations, M-I-L-S-P-I-N.com. They make fantastic, uh, really cool gear. Uh, so folks can take a look at But Operation Greenlight is interesting, Matt, because as we said, you know, you talk about the, the big nuke bomber atomic fleet of aircraft. And then there was tactical jets that were stationed all through Europe that were on one-way trips carrying a smaller nuke. But this particular part of the, uh, of the mission, Operation Greenlight, was actually weapons that they didn't want to trip a nuclear war with. Uh, they were looking for using them on the battlefield or in a way to shape the battlefield because they had such, you know, such strong explosive power. I mean, that's the reason why we got involved in the atomic and nuclear power. The Navy led that science because they were interested in how they could bunker that much energy for a ship and not you know, have it caught up in fuel. And of course, then it led to a weapon. Mm -hmm. So the Green Berets had this uh, nuke uh, or atomic bomb uh, that was about the sub, about a 60 pound size that a man could carry and take to the battlefield. And they had all different types of employment methods they thought about using for this. Uh, the, obviously, the most uh, uh, useful one would be, of course, to parachute in with it. And what's interesting when I did some research on this, they never actually did much parachuting with the real device. They used um, uh, facsimiles, obviously, or sometimes even uh, things that were kind of in shape of it, but not the weight because they were injuring so many people when they would fly with the uh, and jump with these, when they would either do a static line jump or when they would do a free fall jump. So it definitely was a, a very difficult weapon to use. And one other thing that you said in the opening, Mac, is that this particular capability and this concept of the tactical bomb behind the enemy lines mm. to knock out things like dams, railheads, bridges, critical bridges, uh, operation centers, the, the power that a 60 pounds of, of this weapon could detonate was incredibly important. Yep. But it also was to make up for the numerical superiority of what the Warsaw Pact was massing. Yeah, right. So if you could block roads, block waterways, block bridges, stop railheads, knock op center out, that would allow now for conventional weapons to be used on those massed enemy targets. And that concept rode all the way. And this mission, I brushed up against it a little bit in my in the later years of the Cold War when I joined the military. I met some of the teams that carried this work. And one of the things we were supposed to do, as one of the possible missions, was, was to fly some of these teams to their location so that they could move in and and uh, make the, uh, the bomb insert to their targets. And as you said, many of those missions, we were expected to walk out with them. It wasn't a popular mission with the Green Beret teams yes. because they never really were briefed on what's the uh, exfil, how are they going to exfiltrate <laughs> on this. Yeah. They kind of left that one off, knowing that, you know, most likely, you know, you're going to have 30 minutes, they told them, once you set the bomb off to get clear and you will be clear of the of the dangerous oh, radiation the blast, and yeah. the blast pattern. Hmm. And I think that most people realize that that's probably not true. These it, most of these men understood this was going to be a one-way kick. Wow! Uh, to get to that position, what a way to go. Um, two things about it: Madam and Sab Saddam were the two ways that it was described. Medium 
uh, atomic demolition munition and special atomic demolition munition. Now, something like the Davy Crockett M388, that was a field fireable by a soldier weapon that would fire a on the battlefield a tactical, what we would call a tactical nuclear weapon at this time. And then in special, uh, the Saturn one that we've been talking about is what the team could carry. Um, very, very interesting uh, discussion that came up about this that I thought was uh, worth going over. These men that were on these teams were not allowed to fly on anything but U.S. airlines. And they were never allowed to fly on their like vacation or off time over communist countries because they were worried that if they were on vacation yep. and they were recognized, spotted, captured or whatever, they would eventually spill the beans on what was going on with this. Wow. And um, they were that that was a, 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 a kind of a no pun intended, a fallout of that being on these teams for this kind of work. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Another aspect of this that I can't give a direct reference, but I was told by members of the teams that there were already people in place behind the Iron Curtain that were former Green Berets, former OSS, people that were basically embedded, people that had assimilated into the culture that had these types of uh, weapons at their disposal, really? as well as part of people that were long-term uh, behind-the-lines specialists that were there to organize partisans if the war ever occurred. Mm -hmm. So those programs are there. It begs the question, what is the plan, was the plan yeah. for the United States? Because you think about if, if we had these kind of activities in these heavily controlled communist countries. Yes. What was the baton roulette that's available in the cornucopia of the lights that we know as the United States in North America, where you have a lot more open society where you can have these activities? Well, uh, we got like two minutes left here. Uh, I know that there's a there's a there's always been this rumor around that there are these eight suitcase bombs that went missing after the Soviet Union fell, and yeah, you know, the story as the story goes, they are in the hands of Hezbollah terrorists who live in the United States. Who have the, you know, that basically their orders are if things go wrong in the Persian Gulf, you pull the pin, okay? And that's why over the years, you know, sometimes when the push comes to shove with the Iranians, things kind of go, you know, they just go away for a little bit, okay? But, I mean, to put it to, to, to pop that balloon theory, if you have these uh, suitcase nukes were made in the 50s, you have to recalibrate these things. You're talking about 50s technology. It's, it's a myth that doesn't work. You know what I mean? Koki? Well, I think that the, the thing that if it's only eight that are missing since the fall of the Soviet Union and mm -hmm. the Russians, I would actually sleep better at night. So I, I'm glad it's only eight in, in your, your world. I think is a lot worse than that, and I, I agree with you. I don't think that all those particular weapons would be serviceable. Would work. But yeah. the plutonium uh, and the uranium for the later ones is, and there's a lot of smart people out there that would uh, take those uh, those centers out and be able to use them. And remember, you don't need this to work as advertised. A dirty bomb yep. can actually be more effective because of what it's going to cause and and the terror that it would cause. Uh, when it goes off, that's why uh, that particular that the, the response to a possible atomic or nuke type situation yes. uh, occupies a vast number of the various military and federal 
agencies that provide security. In the good, world. good. Hey, Coco. Hey, good. Uh, thank you for that report. Wow, what a show. We're pulling the um, train up into the station, but uh, Switchy has, has put the train wreck image behind him, meaning that the end of the show is near. But you had it's a again the brakes failed. He had a kamikaze uh, <laughs> picture before this. He had a picture of Japanese kamikazes, which wait went along with the theme of the show. Um, so let's go around the uh, the horn first. Hey, Jocko, let's give Jocko a round of applause, please. Both real. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Okay. Thanks for all those years you spent on the line, too. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you for serving. the last 10 for free, to tell you the truth. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have you on again soon. Uh, you're, you're, uh, you're, you're quite a guy. And also, um, you know, once again. Right. I, I, got, I got spooky stories and I got right. funny stories. So we want to hear both. We want to hear those. Yeah, we want to hear both. We want to hear both of those. Funny spooky stories. Thank Goofy you. Goofy and Goofy Spooky and scary. And funny. I mean, some of them are just real weird. You want to talk about X Files? Yeah, cool. All right, Jocko. We'll see you soon. Okay. Thank you, brother. Yes, we appreciate thank it. Thank you, man. Okay. Thank, thank you, all. Jocko. Hey, listen, yeah, you're, not, you're all good. Thank, are you hey, the one? Thank you all for your service. You are you, thanks. Are you the one who sent the sex toy to uh, the Wan Wan two Christmases ago? <laughs> we suspect uh, that it was you. Yeah, I think so. It yeah, was the yeah. rainbow colored. Uh... Did you enjoy it? <laughs> I did. <laughs> oh, we that did. Was me. Yeah, that was me. I was just hoping maybe he was going to say, you know, which one. It was, <laughs> which one? Identify it. Well, I got to keep that clear. There we go. Okay. It's a rainbow I color. keep a secret. Lollipop, as it turns out. Thank it you, John. for uh, entertainment purposes only. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> wow. Okay. For instructional purposes. Oh, never mind. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Another battery. Oh, uh, very famous author, Mark Zapula. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Is... Thank you for joining us, MZ. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Mac, again, for having me. I had a good time. Great to see all the fellas. Yes. You know, see you too, laughs. The Last Long Definitely. Showman, the Last Long Showman was, is your first book. That's that's kind of like my favorite book. Um, oh, but, thank you. And, and, and it also had a great, let's, we, we, we say book and then book party. The book party for the first one was in, the, was in that cabin downstairs, right, at the restaurant in and, uh, yeah, I was at the cigar bar actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the north end. That was fun. Days cigar. That was that was a fun night. Yeah, everyone was really. That was incredible. That was great. Great that, food, drinks, everyone. Yeah, and then the second one was at uh, your buddy's, uh, the cantina, right? I uh, no, I had I had a signing. I had a book signing at the cantina. Okay, yeah. Um, John took care of me well. Took took care of all you know all the guests well. It was that great. Was great. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, you know. You gotta love it when you guys are in a uh, profession that you are screwing up uh, book signings with pre-publication and publication it's, parties. Yeah. I, I, I am in, I am in awe and respect. Hey, listen, the crappy part is the typing. Trade. Typing it is <laughs> actually writing it is the crappy part. Everything else is kind of cool. Anyway, Mark, as a whole, yeah. and uh, we're going to uh, we've announced that we're doing a true crime not a true crime book come out sometime. Hopefully, uh, um, we'll finish it this year. It'll come out next summer for beach yeah. reading. This is going to be enjoyable, Mark. Uh, thanks for coming aboard. Yes, it is. Let's see what our As lawyers always, thank you. Our lawyers will be arguing like a year from now. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Mark. Uh, and uh, okay, hey, thank you, uh, Switchy, for joining us. Switchy, train wreck, Switchy. Now he's got the glasses on. Now he Great really looks hearing. like. Great to provide the images. Doesn't he look like a college professor? And the way he takes them off. You know, yes. 
Yeah, yeah. In a way, yeah. He does. Yeah, he's got that uh, act of uh, a lawyer when he takes him off. A lawyer, yeah. He he. How that's how we said law and order. Law and order. Is that his hand? Oh, <laughs> okay. Switchy. Thanks for joining us. Two pop tots in blueberry pop pop tots. Okay, that's healthy. That's good for you. Blueberries are good for you. Coco, thank you for joining us. Everything is good with the pig as and always. The, and the and the gelding. The pig and the gelding. Things are things are secure. Secure. The, 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 the gelding is well. Everyone is in okay. for the evening. Okay. You don't have any squealing. That's a good sign. Thank you for joining us. Uh, one, one. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> thank You're you for, welcome. Thank you for helping Happy steer the this. ship. Helping steer the ship. <laughs> Let's see what it looks like in post. Uh, we are a podcast now. We're a podcast. We're, we're heard on 28 different podcast platforms, including Podbean, and also, you name it, we're on it. We're on it. Alexa, play Mac Maloney's Military X Files on Apple Podcasts, and we are there. We get a lot of um, five star reviews on Apple Podcasts, but you have to be a member to read the reviews, which is which is killing me. But um, really? yeah, yeah, you have to be something, you know, so they don't let you read all the reviews. But they're all five stars, so. Uh, what more do you want, you know? Um, so uh, thank you for everyone. I'll become a member. Uh, also, um, Homes for Our Troops. Homes for Our Troops. They are a military charity, charity that builds homes for uh, wounded veterans of the Iraqi and also Afghani war. Uh, the uh, uh, wounded veterans who have come home with disabilities. So they build these houses uh, for them. Wider um, hallways, you know, better stairways things they can get a wheelchair up and down and so on. And then they just give them the keys. No mortgage, nothing. They deserve it. Homes for our troops. 88 cents of every dollar uh, goes to the charity. That's a very, very high um, uh, spend rate for our charities. Homes for our troops. Also, Ross Sharp, a very good friend, Englishman from across the puddle. He and his um, buddies are putting back together a mosquito uh, attack plane from World War II, the People's Mosquito Project. Uh, look them up online, too. Great bunch of guys. Great airplane. And when they get it airborne, Juan Juan has volunteered to be the first civilian to be brought up in this rebuilt warplane without a parachute, JJ. That's right. Are they calling it the maiden voyage? Because I like that terminology. Maiden, always did. Okay. I'm a pseudo-section. Without a parachute. Mm-hmm. Without a net. Without a net. It's going to be great. <laughs> I want to say without a rubber. I don't know. No smoking. The smoking lamp will not be lit we, on a plane made of wood. We, uh, see, there's multiple jokes in there, but we're not. Okay. So, uh, and but we are. No extra charge. We have no extra charge. We High are, up in the sky, it'll be no joke. We are. I, I got to get a scarf for this project. Dude. A scarf is what you said on a, a, another show, and all I could see is you plummeting. With the scarf, you know, <laughs> 20, 20, 20 feet behind you. Come on. Um, we are a, we are uh, we are heard now on local radio. Local, I mean, the uh, nostril of uh, Boston and uh, of uh, Massachusetts and New Hampshire, Seacoast oldies. So uh, for people in this area, please download the Seacoast oldies app for podcast, and we are right there. You can listen to us anytime you want. I want to thank everyone for listening. Thank you for all the fan mail and the presence. Once again, Jocko, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. We'll have you on again soon with your ghost stories, okay? All right? 
Anytime, anytime. Thanks for wearing the shades there, Good brother. Deal, you, 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 you fit right Thank in with guys. us, uh, you know, clothes-wise. Okay, you got it going. Yeah, that was one of my things, you know. Okay. I had it go undercover. That was one of my things. There you go. Wow. Man, he knows Looking how to good, roll Jocko. with it. Thank you, Jocko. Thanks everyone for listening to us. And uh, yeah, I like, I like his I like his kind of beard thing, you know. Does he really yeah? Yeah. He's, Jocko's got a nice Does he? What do you trim that every day there, Jocko? Yeah, you good. look very trim. No, nah, I just I let it I let it grow and yep. <laughs> Really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't do anything to it. Yeah, I got a lot of the issues with my beard. Looks good. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to us, and we really appreciate it. And until next time, this is Mac with the entire gang saying, be safe, be happy, and bye-bye. <laughs>